Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Don't wait for the perfect moment. I think women are so guilty of always waiting for the perfect moment. Like your kids are going to be the right age or you're going to have enough money in the bank or you're going to... Um, have all of the resources around you or you can have all of the skills and all of the knowledge there's never going to be a perfect moment to start a new relationship or leave a relationship or you know start your new business or leave your job or whatever it is there's never going to be that perfect time and I think I would rather die knowing Hey, I'm Natalie Dronovac and welcome to The Modern Women, a show that seeks to share the stories and experiences of women that may be out of our line of sight. And in today's episode, I got to sit down with Taryn Williams, one of Australia's most popular female entrepreneurs and digital influencers. Taryn has an extensive list of accomplishments, achievements, and has received numerous industry awards. She's the founder and CEO of Wink Models and The Right.Fit, which for those who aren't familiar with it, has become an industry-disrupting platform allowing talent to acquire work without the need of a talent agency. In this episode, Taryn generously shares her anecdotes of success, failures, highlights, and challenges she's experienced along the way, and we all get an insight into the woman who's been at the helm of two successful startups. Taryn, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. As always, I start with a rapid fire. So. (laughs) Oh, God. We go to the bar for happy hour. What would you order? Oh, a Negroni. What is your favorite word? Currently, simpatico. What's that mean? It's like the synergies between two things. Like, you know, when you have like a someone you've worked with a long long time and you just have this beautiful simpatico in how you operate together. Like okay. it's, yeah. I'm going to try to use that in the next week. <laughs> it's a great word. <laughs> I know one of your favorite authors is Hunter S. Thompson. What is one book that's had the greatest impact on you? If it has to be by Hunter, it would be Hell's Angels. I love just the way he writes and it really transformed how I approach putting together like when I write blogs or collateral just thinking about making it a more interesting story yeah. um so i just i love that book and if it wasn't hunter oh the hard thing about hard things yeah is an amazing book i haven't um, read it i'll yeah, actually check that out definitely what do you wish you had have known when you started out oh my gosh there's just so many things i pro- it's probably hard to narrow it down to just one um, I probably wish that I'd taken stock along the way and enjoyed things a little bit more along the way instead of being so focused on, you know, it's the corny, like it's the journey, not the destination. But I was so focused on what was next, what was next, what was next. I probably didn't take stock of all of the incremental victories along the way. If you could have one do-over in your life, what would you do differently? 
Oh my God, so many things. Um, probably, uh, look, I've had a starter marriage. I think it's, you know, a lot of learnings came out of that, but probably getting married in my very early 20s. Was Did probably, you? Yeah, it was probably not a genius idea. I have researched <laughs> you so efficiently, I thought, and yet that there never came go. out. There you go. Okay. Yeah. And lastly, who is, a key male, who is a key female who has empowered you along your way and why? Or how? Oh my gosh, I have a lot, but um, probably most recently, um, Nicole Eccles from Glasshouse Candles. She's just a phenomenal female entrepreneur, incredibly successful, um, incredibly ballsy and dynamic and has been so kind to give me so much of her time recently to work through problems and challenges and just, yeah, really giving me some great guiding light. So... Love that. Okay, so we are going to dive into you as a person later along, but I really wanted to first start with entrepreneurialism because you are one of the key distinguished entrepreneurs in Australia, I would say. Now, I want to know how you define an entrepreneur because I do think it's a commonly thrown around word these days. Oh my gosh, I know. It's become like the latest hype word. Everyone wants to be a founder and an entrepreneur and Um, Look, it's a great question. You know, I think it's – and people also ask, like, are entrepreneurs born or made? You know, again, I don't know. Like, I Mm. I don't know if it's something that inherently – like, I think we're we're risk takers. We like to change sort of the status quo and and solve problems. Um, So, I guess I would define an entrepreneur as someone who wants to see things done differently in any sort of industry, I suppose. Um, and is maybe, I, I guess, a, a little bit the master of their own destiny. Um, doesn't probably work within these natural parameters of either an industry or, um, yeah. So it's a great question because no. I think, you know, there's people, and no disrespect to people with like the soy wax candle business, but there's like people who have like a soy wax candle business at Bondi Markets. Like, is that being an entrepreneur or is that just being a small business owner? Like what, what, what I guess is the, mm-hmm. the definition of each of those? So. I do find that when people ask the, are you born or made? It kind of comes from a place of a real entrepreneur doesn't ask that because they're just in the do. Yeah. So true. You know, I always think that like no one who I know who's a real entrepreneur has ever questioned it because they're just in this process of trying to figure something out versus yeah. being like, hmm, I wonder if my dad was or yeah. whereas like I know my dad had his own business. So I always thought being my own boss had its benefits. Yeah. That's how I looked at it. Yeah. Um, but did you have any kind of like Gary Vee selling baseball card stories growing up or anything like that? No. I mean, my parents were they were pretty progressive, but they both had just worked for other people. Um, they'd exposed us to a lot, a lot when we were young. We traveled a lot and lived overseas and things like that. So mm. I think I'd been exposed to different types of working and different types of people. Um, but then I think in my late teens and early 20s, I was surrounded by people who had their own businesses. And I probably didn't realize it at the time that um, that was probably shaping some of my formative decisions about what my career was going to look like. And then I think also being in the modeling industry, I mean, you, you're technically self-employed, like, and you get out what you put in. So it kind of shaped that foundation for me of, okay, you know, if I want to be successful as a model and in that career and then in sort of production and um, event producing and the other things I did, it was very much about there, there wasn't this solid paycheck at the end of the day. There wasn't this safety of a nine to five position. Yeah, you kind of have um, to be able to stomach the risk. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah. 
I like that. Um, so I wanted to want, I know you mentioned Nicole earlier, but mm. along the way, was it just your environment that ignited that? Because I know for me, or was it someone specific? Because I know for me, it was a bit of both. Like I started to be around people who I guess could say had more than the common person and then also would be pursuing other interesting things. So do you think that environment that you're surrounded by is also inherently important in doing something different? And I totally believe that, you know, that you're the sum of the people that you spend the most time with. I absolutely believe that. Yeah, in my late teens and early 20s, I had two sort of formative um, friends and sort of subsequent mentors um, who were incredible entrepreneurs and they were – really driven, really dynamic and so um, giving with their time and open with me Mm. about the challenges they've been through and how they grew their teams and developed their businesses and worked through ideas and dealt with conflict. And um, I think just being around that and seeing them grow and succeed and also go through challenges and failures and, um, and move on to sort of different businesses throughout that time, I think that really showed me, I think what I could achieve um, and what it was going to, what the journey was going to look like, that it was going to have a lot of challenges, a lot of twists and turns. It wasn't going to be this like really clear, you know, straight road with a very set narrative. It was going to be a challenging sort of journey. So, um, yeah, I think definitely the, the, the people that you are surrounded by definitely I think plays a huge role. And I think you're right, your environment too in the sense of, being able to have access to those things. Obviously, being in Sydney, I had access to incredible business leaders and I think also being in the modelling industry and creative industry, I'd been exposed to some incredible people, um, Mm. you know, talented creatives and leading photographers and business owners and probably things that I wouldn't have been exposed to in another type of career. So I think it was a culmination of all of those things that probably sort of set me off on this path yeah I love that and on that note because I feel like most people wouldn't know because when you look at your career either from social media with the way it is portrayed um, or anything like that your career and business success seemingly goes from leaps and bounds (laughs) Uh, oh the shiny external (laughs) and we were talking about this earlier but what do you think have been some of the sacrifices you have had to make to have the success you have Oh my gosh. Yeah. And this is so true, right? From the outside, it looks so shiny and so easy. And, you know, you, it's, it's, I joke about it with other entrepreneurs. Um, and actually I have a little WhatsApp group of other entrepreneurs and it's like the, the, um, the resignation group. Like when you just are like, I can't fucking do it anymore. So I don't know if I'm allowed to swear too late now. You can say everything you want. Um, so, and it's like when, because it is so difficult and there are so many sacrifices and there's so many times where you're like, is this a good idea? Am I ever going to be able to make this work? I'm fucking done. I'm resigning. And you write your resignation letter in the WhatsApp group and you have to wait 24 hours before you're allowed to send it. And then everyone tries to talk you off the ledge because everyone goes, you you know, it's just a tough period. You're going to get through this. Here's some working, you know, tips. Here's some coping mechanisms. So no, look, there's so many challenges and so many things that I've had to sacrifice along the way. I mean, there was years where, you know, I worked 12 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, for very, very little money, Mm. um, trying to make these businesses successful. Um, and that comes with an inherent cost. Like there is a huge sacrifice in your personal life, in your friendships, in seeing friends and family, in, you know, your health and wellness. A lot of the time, um, they all have to come second. Um, or for me, I chose for them to come second. And there was a period where it was a very, very conscious choice. And I was, um, I was at peace with that. It was my decision. I had 
chosen to start these companies. Um, and then there's other times where you do feel very, you know, um, suffocated, I think, by these things where you go, how did I create this universe for myself where I'm so, and my businesses are so um, inherently an extension of me. So um, there's a lot of key man dependency in the businesses and um, I'm so publicly the face of these businesses mm. that it's like, oh my gosh, how have I created this universe for myself where I'm trapped and suffocated by these these companies? So yes, it's not all the exciting, shiny that you see on mm. social media. I was going to ask you later on, but now that we're on the topic do you think ambition makes us happier? Because I often say to my wife, Lisa, if I wasn't so driven, would I be happier? Because here I am not pursuing something. And like, even inherently inside of myself, I'm like, what is it? And I'm like, I don't know. But the idea of just living a simpler or I guess a less demanding life, I think, oh, maybe that would be easier. But then I'm like, but I wouldn't feel like I was succeeding or fulfilling my potential. And then at the same time, I wanted to ask you because I feel like from what I've read, researched and what I know of you, um, you do, you have that drive. I'm sure you can't place your finger on it. Yeah. But then we have that whole idea of like the deathbed test. Totally. You're on your deathbed and you're thinking, I'm only recounting those times I was with those I love. But then at the same time, if you only spent your time doing those things, would they have the same balance? A hundred percent. And I always, it's so funny that you say that because I always say, I would just be so much happier if I was 15% dumber. Yeah. Like if, <laughs> if I wanted, you know, because I just genuinely think like if you were 15% less driven or, you know, less intelligent or, you know, then you would be so much happier. I'd be so much more satisfied. Yeah. Um, you know, I would be, less driven I would be you know striving for less and I do think that that would I would love to possibly live that way because I yeah. do think it's it's this um almost a self-fulfilling prophecy right like you you strive to achieve more and it's this never-ending sort of cycle of that's never going to be enough and what's yeah. next and what are you know how can I continue to change and and you're so aware of you know where you're at so you're going okay well I've achieved those things but that's quite not quite how you know I'd like to sort of maybe be better at this or I maybe be working towards because there's this such a high level of self-awareness and yeah um, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> I definitely agree with you. I think if it's this, this struggle, right? Like if you, if you could remove this, in, this drive and, um, and desire to succeed and change things, would those other things still satisfy you? Yep. Would I, would I be able to be satisfied with less, with a, with a simpler life? And I don't know. Yeah. It's, um, I always say there's a, my greatest analogy that I ever experienced in my life was I was working in an American summer camp and a good friend of mine was a nurse and not to say that that is in any capacity less than or anything like that, mm. but it was more this, we were having a conversation once about careers and I guess I was 18 yeah. and I was telling her all these big dreams I had and, yeah. and then she was sharing with me how she was working in a nursing home, cleaning an old guy's butt and all the rest of it. And, and a friend of ours was like, Nat, you're so perplexed and you don't understand why um, Pippa does what she does. Yeah. And I go, no, but this has just made me realize that, I will inevitably get what I want because we all don't want the same things. Yeah. And something within each of us drives us towards achieving whatever that is. And I think it's Oprah or it's someone of great impact like that always says that you wouldn't be given those desires if it weren't for you to achieve them. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's and so it, true. You kind of have to then go, well, okay, if I have this inherent need in me, it must be there for a reason. Yeah. There's some reason that yeah. I'm being presented this path. Yeah, or. but I do think, as we were saying earlier before we started, as you get older, you start to actually be like, okay, well, what are the other things? Or I've certainly, as I've gotten older, I ask myself, do I still want what I said I wanted five years ago, Absolutely. three years ago, five months ago? Yeah. 
you know, like and being able to hold yourself accountable to that and go, okay, and and I think that it's a big ego thing too yeah. as well. It certainly was for me being able to step back and go, okay, well, yeah, maybe five years ago you wanted these things, and maybe that's what you wanted your life to look like. But it's actually okay to step back and go, those things don't drive me anymore, or mm. those things aren't satisfying me anymore, and my needs and wants and desires have changed, and maybe it's wanting more balance or you know whatever it is. But actually being able to be self aware enough to yeah. take that step back, but then also. Um, being able to separate enough from that ego piece to go, actually, I am going to make those changes irrespective of what that looks like. Yeah. And I think if you, you know, when everyone says oh, that quote around you've changed and it's like, I fucking hope so. Yeah. Like I, I hope, love that. I hope I, I grow and change, change because otherwise like like life is Pretty not stagnating. stagnant. Yeah. yeah. So um, on that note though, what's the one thing you'd say you've learned most throughout all of your endeavors so far? Oh, I think that, surrounding myself with good people I think has been something that I've I was I'm very driven and um I can silo myself because I I want to be really focused and um set out to achieve these things and I think both in business and in life I've I've really learned that firstly the journey is a lot more enjoyable if you surround yourself with really great people and those people can inspire you in different ways. Finding people who are incredibly fucking talented at something that I'm not, not only makes my journey more enjoyable, but I'm inspired to be better and do better. So at work, it's definitely taught me that. And then in my personal life, I think I I used to sort of see my time as like this very finite box. And so anything I put in meant something else had to come out. So it was, you know, making time to go and see a friend or whatever meant that I couldn't finish that report or whatever. And um, I think it's taken me a long time to really get to the point of understanding that that's not entirely true. Yes, of course, there's things that need to be sacrificed, but um, the more time that I put in for things, for other things that satisfy me and drive me in and that I enjoy and these people that I get so much from, actually make me better at the other things yes. and are actually improving the quality of the time that I'm spending at work or, you know, doing the other things that I need to do. So I think finding those really incredible people professionally and personally um, and and getting them around me, I think it's it's taught me that it doesn't have to be, it's not so black and white. There's not this separation between one or the other. It's about investing in those people and those relationships kind of makes the whole thing better. Yeah. As you were speaking, I kept on having this um, vision as if, you know, when you go on a long drive, could you imagine if you were only in a tunnel the whole way mm. versus seeing the beautiful countryside? Yes, as so you, you know, Like as yeah, you were saying that, I was like, oh, that is that. such a great, like yeah. a... Yes, exactly. And then you get to the same destination and you think, oh, fuck, I saw some really beautiful things. Yeah. Yeah. To- it's exactly it. I was so, I was in a tunnel for a very long time. Yeah. And I was like, no, I like the tunnel. It's getting me there quickly. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that that's the problem though. Like I know recently I've stepped away from certain things and um, actually just this past week I had this one day where I you know, I said to Lisa, hey, I'm just going to do nothing. Mm. I'm going to be off my phone. I'm just going to – I didn't even think I did anything of grand thing versus just sitting around. But yeah. it was this moment that I was like this is also in an achievement because I'm so persistently muster this, muster this. Yes. Oh, I'm wasting time. Oh, I could listen to this. I could learn that. And it's just like, well, what does also just taking time to do nothing? Yeah. Like, that is a job. 
Yes, and trying to learn to be comfortable with that because yeah. that is like a whole nother ballpark when yeah. you're like, actually, I'm just going to sit with myself. Yeah. How does that feel? Yeah. Do I like myself? Do well, I? You know, and then last <laughs> night I saw a photo and it was like Ricky Gervais and he goes, you know, we're here probably till we're 80 or 90. And then I thought, oh, fuck, here's how long I have left. And I was like, <laughs> and here's the problem we end yeah, up in. totally. Uh, okay. Um, so because I find so often when people hear stories, they, they want to hear about failures, mm-hmm. which I guess comforts people perhaps. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to more ask you instead of failure itself as, hey, when did you fail? Were there those times where you were just like, fuck, and then how did you pull yourself up outside of just having those great friendships? Oh, my God, yeah. I've had total moments where I've literally been on the floor in tears. Actually, I just saw that movie, um, the new um, uh, Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen, Long Shot. It's and it's on. There was parts of it that were like my life to a T. And she's like this high achiever, you know, super driven woman who's running for politics or whatever. And at one point, she's like literally, she's having these micro naps and you know whatever, <laughs> trying to work with zero sleep. And at one point, she's like literally on the floor, curled up, like crying, like I don't want to do this anymore. And I've had so many of those moments in my life, like personally and professionally, where I've just gone, "What the fuck am I doing? Like I'm so deeply unhappy, and I'm so trapped, and I'm like, what am I doing with my life?" And it really has been like I had a phenomenal mentor for the sort of first two years of um, this second business, The Right Fit, um, who I would call at ten o'clock at night and just be hysterical, going, "I can't do this anymore. I'm just, I'm so overwhelmed, and I can't see the the forest for the trees, and I'm so tired, and I have so much self doubt, and." Um, and he would literally be this phenomenal voice of reason and go, okay, I know, but you've been here before and you've been through these moments before. And do you remember the last time we had this exact same phone call? And then, you know, and then the next day you went out and you nailed this big client and, you know, everything turned around. Like, can you please just take stock and think about like your success rate of surviving these moments so far? hundred percent. Like you have got through these, so you can do this and just like, you know, it was this incredible voice of reason. So look, I think it's, um, it's about, yeah, I suppose the more of those moments you, you survive, the more you look back and go, okay, I can do this. It feels really shit right now. And it sucks a lot right now. And I feel like I've just massively failed at something or fuck something up, or I can't see a way out of this, but actually you can, you've got the resources and the time and the people around you. It's just about, um, and a lot of the time it's about, uh, like this self-talk, right? You know, where you go into that, oh my God, like this, the, I call it the death spiral. You know, where you go into this death spiral and then everything self-perpetuates, you know, where you're going, yeah. oh my God, I can't do this. And then you're looking for proof points of everything that shows that you can't do this yeah. or that this is never going to work or whatever, or this relationship's failing. And so that's all you can see instead of actually going, okay, well, stopping and going. Yeah. So actually take stock. Like what, what are the actual proof points that that is true? It's so funny because it is what you do. And it's like, that's why when things are going great, you're like, everything, everything is, is great. Life is I am beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, so outside of though, like I think failure is important to talk about, but what has been those moments where you've looked back and gone, wow, I'm actually so proud of myself. Like what's been a memory that's just associated to a great achievement in your life because you have achieved amazing things. Oh, thank you. Um, look, there's, Probably one of the big ones was winning um, the tech award that uh, was nominated. We were non- nominated for and won um, with Mumbrella, which is sort of like a peer-based voting. Um, and so it was advertising agencies, creative agencies, production companies, all of the people that I'd really helped 
um, hoped would use our product and that mm. we're, that I designed it for actually voting that this was, you know, the best piece of technology they'd seen that year. So that was like a really humbling moment. Um, and it was a really, really challenging point for the business. We'd just been through like a really, really tough the spiral. period of, yeah, of, of development work. And, you know, when you're going, oh my God, like I just felt like the product was riddled with bugs and I was so unhappy and I was like, fuck, is this thing ever going to work? And then, you know, literally two weeks later, we won this award. So it was a, a real... Um, really important moment to sort of pull myself out of the minutiae of the day-to-day of like, you know, customer service and things that I was going, oh my God, how are we ever going to solve this problem to go, actually, we've transformed something pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an amazing moment. Um, I really, yeah, I really um, sort of stopped and took stock and was like, actually, wow, this is this is cool. Yeah, um, It's funny though, like as you were speaking about the um, spiraling down, I actually think it's good when you're someone who has those moments where you do worry that it's not going to work out because it yeah. makes you actually know that you give a shit. Totally. Like I know for me, anytime I used to give it, like we uh, give a talk, etc., just beforehand and even these podcasts, I, I'm always nervous because yeah. I care enough to hope that I'm delivering the content that matters and that my guest feels comfortable and all yeah. the rest of it, as opposed to just being like, oh, I'm fucking rock star. Yeah. I'm just going to crush it. Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't think like this humility is a beautiful and attractive quality. Absolutely. Um, that's not me self-proclaiming it's fine, attractive <laughs> and humble, but I'm just saying like when you're yeah. saying all this, I think it's wonderful. And I think that if you stop caring, perhaps you should be taking a shift towards something different. Definitely agree with that. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so one of the principles I would say has contributed to your success, or at least something I think of you, is that you are a phenomenal networker and collaborator. <laughs> like <laughs> I, when you. I speak about you, I'm like, she's a great hustler and I say that in a wonderful complimentary way because I think that you're also a really generous person with your time do you know what I mean like you're never really that person who says hey I'm too busy for you because you're not xyz gonna Mm. benefit me which I think is very kind very humbling um but I wanted to know that how as women can we put ourselves out there in a bigger way because that networking and collaboration really does count for your success I 100% agree with that and you're absolutely right in that I think women struggle with it more than men Mm. I think men are Perhaps, you know, I I obviously never had like a sort of proper normal job with glass ceilings and things like that. But I feel like men are just naturally more inclined to go for a beer after work or, you know, play a sport together or whatever. And so they sort of naturally network and and that does lead to career success. Whereas I think women, um, for a multitude of different reasons, whether they're raising children or whatever. um, Yeah, there's no cocktails when you get home for lunch and making dinner. Dinner, exactly. So they're sort of... um, and I think we're not um, naturally possibly as confident and putting our hand up and saying, can I have some help or mm. I'm not great with this, could someone help me solve this problem? Um, so I definitely think that I, I try and encourage for a good chunk of my career, um, every Friday morning I would keep this you know half hour slot, 45 minute slot before work um, where I would go and meet someone randomly and I literally would hit them up on LinkedIn or like Instagram or some sort of social meet them at an event and I would be like can I just have 45 minutes of your time because there's you know something in you that I you know really want to unpick I totally admire you and I just and I would come armed with a very specific problem um, and because I think that the other problem is a lot of the time people can reach out and be like, I just really need help. I just really need you to solve all of my life problems. And I'm like, that's probably less, you know, something that someone can really help you with. Um, 
but I, so I would have a very specific problem and I'd be like, I really love the way that you built this particular element of your tech stack or, you know, I know you're an amazing expert in e-commerce or whatever it might be or, you know, building fucking amazing teams. Can I just have 45 minutes of your time, like 8 o'clock on a Friday morning? I'll come to you wherever your office is. Can we just have coffee? And I would just reach out and I'd be like, I am, I've never done this before. I've never built an e-commerce platform or mm. I don't know anything about, you know, building and mentoring really fantastic high-performance teams. Could I get – here's some questions I've got for you. And I just so strongly encourage women to do that because and, – and a lot of the time they say, well, I don't know how to meet these people. I don't – I'm like, nor did I. I just literally would find yeah. – amazing people that I'd read about in the newspaper or in a book and I'd be like look can you can I just even if they don't have time for coffee can I get on the phone with you and ask these questions and and understanding that um so many of those turned into lifelong incredible relationships for me where they then became you know a member of my board or um a mentor or someone that I would meet up with you know two or three times a year um and so you sort of naturally build this incredible network of um, good humans. Yeah, good humans. And I think it's so much a part of um, recognizing the parts of you that um, that you need help with um, and that you're n- maybe naturally not good at and knowing that that's okay and going, we can't all be good at everything and go, yeah. okay, well, these are the bits that I want to develop or that I don't think I'm great in. Who else is phenomenal at that? And how can I put my hand up and go, hey, can I have a little bit of help over here? It's funny because um, I've, I think because of Instagram and the great platform that it does provide in allowing you to message people, I've now taken it to, I will tell someone if I just think, hey, this is really incredible or congratulations on yes. that. And like just being really genuine because I think everyone forgets this idea where like, let's use you for example, people might be like, oh, Taryn's busy. I shouldn't message her. Da, 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 da. Whereas I'm sure every time someone's like, hey, fucking congratulations. You're like, yeah. Whew, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. All right, and cool. it's so funny that you said that because I, I try and do it too. And it's. Yeah. So I actually just had someone yesterday stop me on the street and they were like, oh, I just wanted to let you know, I like, I listened to this thing that you'd done recently and obviously I'd never met her before and she was just like, I just wanted to say like, I really, really love what you're doing. And yeah. and I was like, fuck, that's so nice. Like it's it's these small little moments that we can give each other that cost nothing, that take no time. And as you say, we now have these incredible platforms that allow us to do that. Yeah. You know, if you see someone doing a, you know, something that you admire or that you think is stop telling I think them, we like put people so... on pedestals though totally totally you know like and I think it really happens when you start to see someone who's making a lot of money or they're achieving success in whatever kind of incredible field which mm. generally speaking is then comes with associated of mm. making more money but you kind of go oh they're better than and I've, I've always had this belief that you're a dick if you're a dick and you're a great person if you're a great person regardless totally. of your bank account so if someone's just genuinely kind, then they'll be genuinely kind to you. Totally, totally. You know. And I think it's so – making those connections is so important. Yeah. Um, touching on a bit of the boys' club because I think men generally do it better than women. Um, do Kel, how can women cultivate a better support network and culture of helping each other that men seemingly have mm. done so well? It's so hard and I think is it's so disappointing when you see women not getting other women's backs too mm. and I think – You mean those who put up the photos of like um, – oh, what is it? Like all those like funny memes around like um, uh, you can have your own crown without, you know, knocking someone else's off yeah. but then that you know that person yeah, three days later has done a horrible thing. Exactly. It blows my mind yeah. and it's just so disappointing and you still see it so often. Um I wish there was a an easy answer to that because um, I don't think anyone's nailed it as yet. But it is it's really really disappointing. And and as you sort of touched on before, it can be so simple to help someone else, and especially 
women, and I think I don't know whether it's this fear that there's only so many opportunities for women and so any that I provide to someone else is one less that I'm getting myself. Like a something. lack mentality. Yeah, and which is, um, which is you know, really sad. Um, whereas, you know, you can have these – you know, I see it a lot when, you know, if there's a, a speaking gig I can't do or, you know, something that I'll, I'll have this amazing network of other women that I'll say, hey, please, you know, get in touch with this person. Or yeah. if someone asks me to do an interview, I'll say, while I've got you, I've got these other 10 amazing women in my life. Would you like me to connect you? Um, you know, and it's as quick as sending one email. Like, why can we not just help each other a little bit more? So I think it's a mindset shift that there is enough opportunities out there and, you know, all boats r- rise with the tide if we can try and, you know. Um, but I don't know how you change that. I don't know how you really get women to see that that it doesn't have to be a fear thing. Or And also, as you sort of touched on as well, that um, – whilst you may see this other, you know, female who you think is doing really, really amazing things and who doesn't need any support or doesn't need any help, understanding that, yeah, they probably do. Like we're all fucking isolated, Um, you know, reaching out and, you know, saying hi to that person or whatever, connecting them with someone that you know might be of interest to them. Just go go and do it. Like there's the – there's zero downside. Yeah, the worst you're going to get back is no reply. Correct, correct, right, yeah. you know. But it's um, on that mentorship note and of women helping, like uh, Lisa works more in the corporate environment than I certainly ever have. Mm. And she always says she had this one insane great mentor who, you know, she catches up with and she said to her, you know, thank you so much for what you did. And she's like, oh, I never saw it as that kind of situation, yeah. which I think is always how proper mentorship happens. Happens, I totally agree with that. But that one opportunity, that one mentor, then opened the gate to then this next job opportunity, yep. and then, but then ever since, sure, now the gates have opened for Lisa in that way of her career. But she's never had another great mentor along the way. Yeah, and you just realise because she always says to me, "Look, some people want to lift you up, and some want to. They kind of think that you're trying to take their job, or yeah, um, it's very much seen that if they've had to do the hard yards, then so do you. So do and, you." And just like, the natural struggles. And, yeah, yeah, and I think like everyone has natural struggles of their own yeah. along the way. Yeah. And that even let's say – It's if not I, a cakewalk for anyone. Yeah. No one's just breezing through life being like nailing it every step yeah. along the way, whether they're dealing with you know, their own demons or their own problems. Exactly. Yeah. But I think externally people do go, well, how come she got that promotion, you know, and how come she got that yeah. opportunity or whatever. Well, I think that also plays into like men. They build generational wealth together. Hundred percent, and it's something I really wanted to touch on with you because you are in a male-dominated industry, but also as you know, I think women don't talk about money enough, and mm-hmm. then also don't talk about how we can all help each other make more money. You yep. know, whereas men are like, "Hey, yeah, me and you, let's do business together." And yep. what's your take on that? I totally agree with you, and they don't. I think females haven't. I don't know if it's a lack of understanding or something that we like. I do think that it's a generational thing, absolutely, because I think. Um, there's been years and years where females were probably not in control of the family finances. They weren't exposed to it as, as much. There was definitely probably in my generation where um, girls were, you know, sort of naturally told you're not as good as ma- at maths, that's, you know, and sciences and physics and you know, things like that. That was always like, oh, no, girls don't do that. They do PR. And, yeah, textiles, homemaking, home ec. You know, like it just boys did woodwork, girls didn't know. Yeah. It was just that exactly there was all of these – um, I guess, yeah, preconceived ideas that that's just women weren't interested or they weren't good at it. Um, bra- our brains weren't as naturally developed for solving complex math problems. Incorrect. You know, so I think it, it takes generations to change that and to demystify, I think, things like technology and finances for women so that they can thrive in those careers and as part of that then be able to find generations of other women that they can 
work with and support to build these. Um, so look, I think you see a little bit of it now. Like, and I love that in Australia we are trying to champion some of these females who are doing incredible things, mm. um, like Mel from Canva and some of these um, outliers, so that girls can go, okay, actually that is like a viable career for me, and actually maybe I could be good at that. Maybe I don't have to go into you know, a traditionally female-led mm. um, career choice. Um, but I definitely think there's this really important part of helping women understand finances and being in control of their finances. I mean, it terrifies me how many people I know have absolutely no understanding of how credit card ca- cards work or how superannuation works. And look, this is generation, you know, like uh, this is not just females but in general and that it's fundamentally you know the the difference between someone was telling me the other day that like the difference in like one percent of superannuation fees adds up to like multi-million dollars worth of of um fees over the course of your lifetime so you know just understanding okay well if i move from one fund to another like it's so important that we and it's not just about what you make, it's what you keep, what you yeah, invest and all the absolutely. rest of it. And, the, and you, as you were saying, you know, the opportunities that you're exposed to as well. So yeah. there's definitely these, you know, um, situations where uh, you're probably right, where, where men have had access to business opportunities through networks that women just haven't been offered. And so it's sort of a perpetual cycle of, yeah. of missing out. Yeah, I think when it comes to money, it's something that, like, it's so interesting because, like, uh, the upgr- the upbringing of uh, contrasting of Lisa and I, mm. it's so interesting because with her and I, um, I'm so fascinated by it, how to grow it, how to make it, how to how to, mm. to harness it because I've had other struggles that she never experienced. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, yeah, like, go for gold. I'm so glad you're really into all of this. Yeah. And, like, she has her own um, – she has the, uh, other things that she's better at than me, but – it's just an open conversation that yeah. we consistently have. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's just so funny that like I all of a sudden – I went through this stage and I always find what books you're reading highlight the area of your life you're trying to harness. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. and like I went through this one stage where like I was reading so many money books because yeah. I wanted to understand money because yeah. everyone had said to me, mentors had said to me, I also like – I think mentors can also be people you never meet and, you know, you watch enough uh, wealthy people online, et yeah. cetera, and they're saying you can learn it, you can learn it. So I thought, motherfucker, I'm going to try gonna- Yep. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm going to learn this <laughs> I'm going to nail this, yeah. Um, okay, cool. I'm glad we touched on that because I do think it's important. Yes. And going into languaging, women who are entrepreneurial or in leadership and executive positions are generally labeled as bossy. 100%. While men are leaders and decisive. Yeah. Are you bossy, Taryn? Oh, my gosh. It's so often that this comes up where people mm. – and you're exactly right. It is all about the language and how they're described. Yeah. yeah. Well, it starts at childhood. Yeah, and, and that it's um, – it's this language also around like, yeah, she's, she's sacrificed and she, you know, which never comes up when you're talking about a successful male. No, mm. no one's saying, oh God, must have been hard for you not being at home with your kids while they How were, you find you know, that balance? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's just, it doesn't even come up. Yeah. So yes, um, I definitely get described as um, probably less bossy, but um, very like, very driven and very um, hardworking in a with a negative connotation. Well, I that, was just being tongue in cheek. Yeah, no, 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 um, no, no, no. I know, but um, yes, the, the, but it's definitely this yeah. this language around. Yes, that she's. Um, oh my gosh, like you work every hour that you know is available, and um, I don't know how you do it all. And gosh, you you know, and that it is it with a very um, negative connotation that yeah. it's that it's not healthy or that it's. Um, yeah, that it's not natural. But it's it's the same. It's the same feeling that 
if you are in the position, let's say you're in, you also have to then harness a stronger masculine energy mm. as opposed to allowing that. And I don't mean masculine versus feminine in a man versus woman no, way. No, I mean in just, I think, the essence of those yes. qualities. Yeah. But yet it's like then uh, – I, t- I totally agree with this. Commented on around if you then harness your femininity a little bit yeah. more, all of a sudden it's flowering, it's not as serious. Yeah. And I think I've actually heard you say that you were asked and something I want to jump into when you first started your business, people would ask you like who's the actual person behind yeah, this idea? The, yeah. Like are you fucking joking? Yeah. Totally. I, de- I had investors say that. I had, yeah. People. What do you say to them in those situations? I mean, I'm so flabbergasted. I was like, I don't quite understand what you mean. Yeah. I was like, what do you? Could you give me a there better question? No here? Other, yeah, there is. So, no, clearly, like, it's me and my idea and my business. And yeah. Yeah, it was really, um, but yes, I totally agree with you. And it's really hard because it's this almost unnatural juggle of, um, wanting to stay in your feminine and keep those things that um, are such a true part of me. Um, and yet I operate, and it's a conversation I have a lot, actually. I operate in the day-to-day world in quite a masculine energy. And I think you have to, um, to be successful and to, um, you know, a lot of running a business and, and being an entrepreneur is about um, putting out fires and um, holding healthy, natural boundaries and, um, negotiating opportunities and a lot of those things need to be done with with quite a, a masculine energy. Um, and then there's this, so there's this almost um, really big dynamic shift between who I am and how I operate in the in the workforce or in my day to day business life, and then this the person that I want to be or naturally am in my personal life. And I actually had a boyfriend once say he'd come through the door with all of this energy, this really masculine energy. I've, I've got to achieve this. I've got to do this. I've got at least calls to make up, blah, 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 blah. And he said, you'd come in, I'd run you a bath, cook you dinner and sit down and you'd unwind and you'd come back into yourself. But those first five or 10 minutes when you come through the door, you're just this force of nature that's like very, very different to who you fundamentally are. And it is almost a little bit like a mask, I think. Like you, this is how you have to operate. Um, I remember doing my Myers-Briggs test once and, um, I, I'd done it on the back of a really, really busy day with, with my mentor at the time. And, and she was sort of going, wow, like you actually test in as a, like this extreme, you know, um, extrovert and a lot of these qualities that are not naturally you, but you, you live in the world like that for such a huge t- uh, amount of time, mm. um, over time that you, it starts to shape you. Um, and it's really interesting. I actually had someone send me a message on Instagram last week and I was sort of like I don't quite know how to take this um that she was like I think it's really lovely that you you sort of share this um I guess feminine part of your life um and you know you being a female whilst you're a successful businesswoman as well Um, oh like one can't coexist yeah and I was like that's I was like I'm sure she mean this means this to be a compliment that she thinks it's nice that I guess I post photos of me doing things that are me being a female. Um, but it was I was like, oh, I don't know if she realizes that's also kind of insulting. I was like, huh, yeah, it's yeah that this is me holistically, and this is I don't want to have to keep these two things separate. So, do you have men um, also though who get intimidated by you? Um, it's a hard one to know. I think 
I have had men say, oh, my gosh, like, you're so intimidating and the company you keep is very intimidating. Um, In what way? I I think, you know, maybe I have a lot of girl boss friends and they they think they see that as like, oh, my gosh, you're just – you're all so much, you know, your lives. You you do so much and you achieve so much and and that that can be intimidating. I love Um, that that's perceived as a really negative thing whereas – Men who are successful, like that's an attractive quality. Yeah, totally. It's a a very, very double standards are rife, and I think that's the like. It's so interesting because even as I do this um, podcast, there are so many questions that I I have this moment where I double check, and I I hate that I have to ask them because I'm only asking them because it's a woman. But at the same time, I have to ask the question because you're a woman because you deal with it. Uh, Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so you kind of like smack your head against the wall, but you have to have the conversation to change the conversation. Yep, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how do you deal with men in personal business, in, uh, like in business environments? Yeah, it's funny because um, as I've got older, I've realized that there's certain dynamics that you can't change. Like where I think in my in my 20s, I was like, well, no, like I'm going to interact with people how I want to interact with them. And I'm going to, you know, I wouldn't think twice about um, having a drink with a male colleague after work or, oh, right. um, you know, all of those. I love that as you say that, I'm like, oh, I can, oh, yeah, I can see the picture yeah. here. <laughs> you know, there was, so, I was just like, no, this is, this is my life. This is my career. This is my businesses. I'll interact with people how I want to. And then you just realize you can't change fundamentally like generations of, of, um, of, you know, problems. So now I'm much more conscious about how I interact with, um, with men in a work context um and that's um to prevent situations that would um make me or them or their partners uncomfortable and also I think just because you you get to an age where you realize yeah you can't change these inherently long-held beliefs about um what is appropriate or not appropriate um Mm. and and just removing the opportunity for those things to even be discussed which is a shame and it is um you know i i will you know dress certain ways for certain meetings and and you know you go i fuck i can't believe you know that it's 2019 and we're still doing these things but you know what it is what it is and it's there's certain fights that i'm willing to take on and others that are just not Unfortunately, worth my time. Um, yeah. On that note, I was listening to a podcast with Jamila Jamil. I hope I said that right. Yeah. Um, and she was talking about as an actress how the changes have happened to where everyone like writers or directors used to be like, oh, you know, we'll get a drink at nine o'clock at Soho House. Wasn't really a drink. Yeah. That doesn't really happen anymore because there are so many other eyes watching now, which is like fucking right. Yeah. Do you know, like I think the idea with women is that we're living in a time where women want to do more but yet you also have to then have all these other regulations that you have to bypass along the way, yeah. which just sucks. And it's just like, but at least, at least it's happening. Yeah. At least and it's, it's interesting. I actually had an investor say to me um, last year, I'd had a, I'd had a situation um, in a, in a work context um, where, um, where this sort of dynamic between male and female had, had been an issue and he'd said to me, well, look, to be perfectly honest, like I don't know how my wife would feel about us having um, a meeting at six o'clock over a glass of wine in a bar the, because, because, of, because of who you are. And he said, unfortunately, you just have to be aware of that mm. and it, it doesn't make it right. But unfortunately, it is something you're a, um, a, you know, a young, beautiful woman 
who's successful and, and driven and doing, you will be seen as a threat to certain people. And so you're going, it, unfortunately, whilst it's not fair, you are the one that has to manage that situation. You're the one that's going to have to. And I was like, it's fucking terrifying and, and disappointing yeah. and sad. But, you know, I guess, and, and so that sort of gave me a big mindset shift. And I went, you know what, it, it's true. I'm, I'm going to have to be the one that controls those situations instead of going, well, no, that's not fair. And, you know, they, this is absolutely just a, a work. You're like, I'm not interested in yeah. you anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is a work relationship. And if I was a male founder, you know, this would be yeah. completely appropriate. And I was like, you know what, it's not my. Well, more commonly with male founders, it would be let's grab drinks, let's have lunch, let's have a boozy Friday afternoon yeah. lunch and all the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, work more with women, hey? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so with all of that, what what do you read, listen, absorb or watch or get you going creatively when you aren't working on the right.fit? Mm. The weekend newspapers is like a ritual yeah, for me. <laughs> I, I, I'm such a – I go and buy all of the newspapers and then I tuck up like in the sun and have 8,000 coffees and just read the newspapers back to back. I absolutely love it. I love that during the week, unfortunately, I don't get a lot of time to listen to the news or watch the news. And so I just love being di- able to digest what's going on in like a broader, you know, macro landscape of our world because otherwise you do get so siloed in, you know, what you're doing in your industry and – um, what you're exposed to through your peers and friendship groups. So I absolutely love that. Um, I do. I love podcasts, but as I was sort of saying earlier, it's so hard to find really, really good ones. So I'm constantly asking people, what have you discovered lately? What good podcasts have you listened to? Um, and apart from that, I don't really watch television or sort of movies or anything. Like that. I just get so time poor. Um, I would love more time to just watch interesting things um but yeah for me at the moment it's really practical things like podcasts that you can listen to while you're driving or in the gym or whatever um so i know you're not a meditator no but do you ever take moments where you can to just stop and reflect and just think back or i'm trying to i'm trying to one for me at the moment has been driving the car with no music on like just no podcast just no no nothing just quiet and trying to like because you're right, I can't meditate. I've tried so hard. Anyone who's nailed it, I mean, I'm so jealous of you because I desperately want to. But so for me, what I've, I've tried is just doing that at the traffic lights, like deep breaths in the quiet, just that trying to be enough. So, Have you ever tried instead of meditating, just sit in one position, one spot for 10 minutes with no phone, no nothing, and just like like get comfortable with just sitting with yourself? Yeah, I'm terrible at it. All I do is make lists in my head of what I need to do as soon as that 10 minutes is up. I'm like, just as soon as you finish this, you know, I'm going to send that email. I'm going to, got it. Don't forget to pick up your dry cleaning. I'm horrible. I don't know what's But how long have you done it for? Because what's (laughs) what's going on? Yeah. yeah. So what's going on in my brain is like, I feel like you would inevitably hit a point where all of a sudden you're like, oh, I didn't make a list today. Yeah. This is the thing. And that's it. Like you just. Whereas I go, I want to be good at this immediately. Yeah. I want to nail it. That is not how. Meditation one. And then I go, well, you know, good at this. This is clearly not for you. Moving on. Yeah. (laughs) It's terrible. It's funny because um, recently Lisa started yoga and I used to do yoga six days a week. And uh, we talk about it because I say I'm I'm a, I would say when it comes to like sporting things, I'm quite a competitive person. Yeah. And um, yoga was the only one I never tried to compete with anyone on. And so let's say if you could do crow and I would be like, not a chance, I wouldn't try to beat you. But also what yoga taught me was just because I can do something yesterday, my body might not be ready for it today. Today. And so it was more the acceptance of how we shift day to day. Whereas we do sometimes live in a habit of 
Groundhog I'd Day. Be getting better, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I mean, look, I would yeah. challenge you to thirty days of ten minutes a day, just yeah. sitting, nothing. And I, would, oh, I, I reckon would, by day thirty, just let me would tell you all the excuses I've come up with. Yeah. Like, there, there are so many. Like, it's. And I remember someone saying to me, it's not like you're the leader of the free world, Taryn. I mean, come on, you've got time to find like people more successful, busier than you who are juggling families and whatever managed to find 10 minutes a day. And I was like, you are absolutely right. Well, you know, Ray Dalio. <laughs> yes. He, he's a big proponent oh, of 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Need to, I need to do it. Well, let's see. Maybe yeah. 2019 it can be the thing you achieve. Consistency was my word for the year. So I don't do resolutions, but I just pick a word. So I was like, my word for the year is consistency. Instead of doing these, I'd, I was probably a bit like, you know, I'd be like, I'm going to take up yoga. I'm going to do it six days a week and I'm going to be like all about yoga. It's like, you know what? Instead of being all about things or really intense, you know, whatever it is, how about you just try and be consistent? Yeah. How about you just try and get enough sleep? Try and do things consistently for the course of a year. Sleep is such a big thing when it mm. comes to wellness. Um, and I'm curious when it does come to your wellness, mm. because we talk, I think often, and you speak about it, your uh, your physical wellness, like you're very active. Mm. You, I know you keep on top of your diet and all the rest of it, your vitamins. Oh my God, I love them. Yeah. But does the isolating aspect ever inherently affect your mental well-being? 100%. 100%. Definitely. Um, and I think I struggle to find a founder or an entrepreneur that doesn't go through that. And I think it's just not widely talked enough, uh, talked about enough. Um, yeah. It is. Um, it comes obviously trying to be successful and trying to build something, especially something that's you know inherently changing an industry, is so isolating. Um, it has to be because it comes with all of these sacrifices, and it takes a huge emotional and personal toll. Um, and I think coming back, probably a big broad sweeping statement, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs and founders are. Um, intelligent, highly driven, highly motivated people who put an immense amount of pressure on themselves as well. Um, and so I think all of those things coupled together is a recipe for disaster. You know, you're isolating people who are already putting a lot of pressure on themselves mm. in um, and in a, a field that is inherently going to come with challenges. You know, building a successful company is fucking difficult and 99% of startups fail or it's certainly going to have very, very challenging processes along the way, even if they are successful. So I think you couple all of those things and you go, of course, it is going to be um, a, a really, really difficult journey. And I think we just don't talk about it enough. People don't talk about the times that. So what do you do then when you're going through those times? Because I know, like I know for me, I've gone to therapy and I love it. Yeah. Um, but I do think that there's some stigma and I just don't quite understand why. I know like, it's very bizarre. It's like, you know, there's all of those analogies like you wouldn't expect your car to run, you know, without ever getting it serviced. Yeah. And I think, no, and I think, and it's also so true that people do things reactively where they get to a point where they go, fuck. Something you know, so wrong. Yeah, exactly. My marriage is broken down or my, you know, like our business is about to explode, you know, whatever. And then they go, how am I going to go and get help? How am I going to? Whereas what I've tried to do, especially in the last, you know, probably two or three years is be a lot more practical and pragmatic about it and go, okay, I need a support network mm -hmm. of, you know. Well, I you have mentors for business so incessantly, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Mentors for life. Exactly. And and having those people around you. So firstly, like professionals. So see a counselor regularly. I have an amazing naturopath, um, dietitian, who's also very spiritual. Um, so who I see really regularly. Um, 
the health and wellness experts and making sure I carve out time for physical movement and mm. and sleep has been a – I used to be one of those people that was like, oh, I can operate on four I can hours sleep when sleep. I die. Exactly. And that it was almost like a badge of being successful, you know, oh, I don't have time to sleep because I work until, you know, 11.30. I remember reading this article about myself a day in the life where I just sound fucking insufferable. I sound like one of those assholes where I'm like, you know, I work till like super, super late and then I'm up at 5 a.m. to go back to the gym and I was like, ugh, you know. And I think now I'm like, no, I need sleep. It's so fundamentally important for me to be healthy. Um, so I'm trying to be a lot more pragmatic and practical and go, okay, I need to see a counselor regularly. I need to have my naturopath that I see regularly. I need to make sure I look after my diet, my health and wellness and have those people around that can hold me accountable as well and can see, you know, personally and professionally, they can like I can see this is repeat behavior. Mm. I can see what's happening here. Like you're going into overwhelm. You've had a really, really tough period at work or – you're going through something here and can you see how this behaviour presents as X, Y and Z? Yeah. Well, do you know what was funny? So when I was recently in therapy, I was saying, because I'm really into personal development. I love it. I think yeah. it allows you to learn new tools and strategies to think differently and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Anyway, when I was in therapy and I said to my therapist, I go, you know, I have a lot of self-awareness and if something happens, I can understand whether or not that's me or if it's a um, – a premeditated like uh, yeah. habit and emotion, etc. And she goes, "Do you think you're self-aware, or do you think you're self-critical?" And I was oh. like, "Oh, great call!" And I was like, "Hmm." And it just made me realize I was calling something self-awareness, whereas really I was being self-critical, but under the guise of yes, betterment. Yeah, yeah. Actually, just calling yourself out on stuff and being like, yeah. oh, you should be better at that. Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't be doing that repeat behavior, should you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally. Oh, great. Yeah. But again, like, and that was the thing I said to her, like, I loved going because I, and like, I'm, I'm quite a forthcoming person. Like when I was in there, I was like, I'm not really sure if this is where we're going, but X, Y, and Z is happening in my life. Here's how I'm feeling. Yeah. Here's why I think I'm feeling it. And I just like laid it all out. Yeah. And she'd be like, okay, cool. And she'd give me strategies. Yeah. And I was like, ah, this is what people need. And, and I tell those, everyone now to Oh, go. my gosh, totally. And it's exactly as you said, it's those little aha moments where you might go for yeah. weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks going and seeing your counsellor or whatever and talking things through and you might go, oh, am I really getting anything out of this or am I, you know, but it's so important. And then you have these little aha moments where you go, huh. And it's never the same again. Yep. Yeah. Penny drops and you go, that is something I've been doing for life that I wasn't aware of or you know, yeah, I think it's so, so important. And I've had so many of those moments throughout, yeah, seeing professionals, you know, across um, counsellors and naturopaths and dietitians and wellness experts where you go, oh, I totally didn't recognise that I was, you know, that there was, there was this ingrained behaviour that I was doing that was really self-sabotaging and yeah. um, and that you just cling on to because it's all you know. Yeah. Well, I th and I think those. it's like the idea that if you're paying someone to at least be their priority for that hour – they're going to look at you in a more holistic way that yeah. it's going to be for your betterment. Whereas I've like, so I, and I said this to my therapist, I go, you know, I'm here because I have the greatest support network at home with my mm. wife. However, she's not here to solve my problems. She's here to support me. Yeah. And I think that's also the distinguishing factor. And I've yeah. learned over the years, ask those, if you're, if you're seeking those strategies of support who actually have the, um, awareness who actually have the um what's the word i'm looking for here um you know when you've been doing it for actually quite some time the professional Profe yeah, you know, yeah they're yeah, actual yeah. professionals in the field yes so true yeah like i wouldn't ask a, i wouldn't ask a random person for wealth management strategy as opposed to a financial advisor totally for example totally and so that's a thing that changed and yes. i was like i'm not here because i can't have this conversation with friends because i think friends are inherently wonderful but yeah. sometimes you actually need that help and 
Absolutely. And it's all very well and good to have like a, you know, I like I have a life advisory board and a, you know, yeah. business advisory board. And that's great because you go and talk to them and you have these like little touch points and yes, you've been through something similar or whatever, which is really, really good, but you're absolutely right. At some fundamental point you have to go, okay, these people can only give me their experience and their view of the world yeah. and, you know, their life learnings. At some point, if I actually want to Grow. professionally develop and yeah. develop or personally develop, I actually need to consult an expert and go, personally, this is where I'm at. How can I work through these particular things? Yeah. And thank you for being so open and forthcoming because I think too often women think they need to have it all together. Mm. And it's like, no one fucking has it all has together. It all together. Like, Zero but that's the joy it. of being a human. Yeah. You know, yeah, and in those like, and it's dirty and it's, yeah. yeah. And, and you always come out feeling better and learning about something and with you yeah. and yourself. Um, so on that note though, I did want to know what do you do that doesn't, when you are just calming yourself down, trying to get out of that stress, how do you find that balance for yourself? I, so I'm, my, my new practice is looking at the month ahead, trying to do month ahead plans because I'm very guilty of going into overwhelm. I overcommit and then I go into overwhelm and I'll be like, oh my God, I've got so much to do. I've got like calls with, you know, our overseas team. I've got this to do. I've got that to do. I've got to go to this function. I've got this person's birthday. I've got these emails to do. I've got this report to do. Blah, 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 and then I go, oh my God, I can't do anything. And I paralyze myself with this like giant overwhelm. Um, and so I've been trying to be much more conscious of looking at the week ahead and the month ahead and going, okay, let's work backwards from here. If you need to achieve all of these things, what else can you actually take on and what do you need to cancel? And then I've been really, really brutal and being like, you cannot go to those things. You cannot take those things on. Or you need to be realistic about deadlines around things and go, okay, well, you know, if you want to get that particular feature done or that work thing done, then, okay, you're going to have to block out this amount of time instead of just taking things on, taking things on, taking things on, and then going into overwhelm. So, um, and then, yeah, I really try and make time to do and stop like especially on a Sunday and mm. have that, that for me it's just about quietly reading the newspapers alone just like I need alone time to top up I'm not naturally an extrovert um, I really do need quiet solace time um, to read a book at night to read the newspapers on the weekend and just be alone and quiet and then getting back out into nature as well is really important for me I love a long walk. Um, so the Spit to Manly or Centennial Park is like, you know, my my spiritual home, I feel. So, um, or the Bondi de Bronte and just getting out and having, you know, walking time, even if, you know, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of it, even if it has to be a work meeting um, or someone that I need to see, catch up with a mentor or an advisor or whatever. I'm like, can we please just do it as a walking meeting? And at least I'm out and moving. And I find you actually get better ideas when you're in 100%. movement. 100%. And it's so much less um, confronting and adversarial. If like uh, I, I find that even like dating and things like that, I think being across the table from each other is just not a natural. Maintain thing. intense eye contact. Yeah, is, is like not. And I think it's, you know, employees, especially, you know, having someone steal like, let's sit down and discuss a idea or whatever. It's really sort of confronting for them. So yeah. I think the more things that you can do where you're, you know, walking side by side or, you know, even sitting side by side, I think is so much more productive for people. Yeah, it's like I love when um, team bonding things and you go and do like a sport or something, you start to see yeah. other aspects of someone. Absolutely. And then it just kind of brings a bit more of a wholesome to it, yeah. wholesomeness to it. Like I would love to do these as a walking recording, but yeah. you physically can't with can't, yeah. audio quality. <laughs> but it does. Yeah. Like when you're walking and you have a great old chat, yeah. um, it can fill you up. So now that we've covered a bit more of your background as to whom you are, I do want to dive into disrupting industries. Yeah. So with the right dot fit, 
you did disrupt a whole industry, but I was curious to know as to what in your upcoming made you feel like you could? Mm, great question because I literally had no tech experience. Um, I'd built an end-to-end onboarding calendar management and payroll integration software for Wink, but like outsourced with a with an agency and, you know, I'd spec'd the product, but I didn't actually get hands-on in um, any of the, I mean, basic wireframes and stuff like that. But I literally um, had this idea that the industry could be done better um, and that there was this sort of new range of talent coming to the forefront with social media and content experts and, and brands looking to engage them. And then, you know, this these always on social channels and all, all of these other content needs that didn't exist before like we had tv and we had print you know there wasn't really all of these other amazing digital um elements to campaigns so uh, i could see that there was this sort of need and um it was genuinely about not knowing how difficult it was going to be and knowing what a giant mammoth task i was biting off i think Mm. i didn't obviously i didn't know anything about running a tech company and i certainly didn't know anything about completely fundamentally changing user behavior and these inherent um inbuilt um i guess ways of working that people had always done i'd sort of thought oh well i'm just going to enable them to do things better like it's it's, that's a great thing for everyone so you just had Um, the idea and then kind of kept on taking that next step yeah so i had this idea and i'd sort of it'd come a little bit from i was building this product for wink and i was like it was a bigger than ben her super complex fucking build and whilst I was doing it, I was like, oh, imagine if we could have built this so clients could like just use it to post their own briefs and contact our models. And um, while these sort of industry changes were happening, then I was like, oh, imagine if I could just connect them directly. But Wink was always built on the premise that, you know, we would keep everyone safe and pay them on time. And I was like, but how could I, you know, it couldn't just be like this jobs listing board where people will, you know, called each other and anything could happen it's like if I could keep them safe still with contracts and insurances and make sure they got paid or maybe I could build like a marketplace to do that and then I took the idea to go and to actually went and talked to people about it so literally people I didn't know because I thought you know if you go and see friends and family and people I'd worked with forever people like it's a great idea (laughs) you know like no one wants to tell you your idea is shit your idea is never going to work like so I was like okay again literally hit random people up on the internet who like I really, really admired or who were like super industry experts. And um, I basically like put together a really basic deck and I was like, this is my idea. I think that if I built this thing, here's the market size, here's sort of how I envisage it working. Not really sure like what the commercials would look like yet, but is this a thing? Like, is this a good idea? Would you use it? Do you know people who would use it? How hard would it be to build something like that? And I literally just kicked the idea around for probably three or four months, um, talking to different people and, and eventually sort of, you know, was like, okay, I am, I'm going to build this. This is, this is something that I think's got legs. Um, and this time finally built an MVP instead of just going out and building the whole fucking thing all at once. Um, and it was amazing, you know, people, both sides of our marketplace really, really embraced it. And um, that also probably set up a false sense of um, security that this was going to be some sort of easy journey. You know, we had incredible traction and incredible growth in the first sort of three months. I was like, oh, this is going to be a, you know, walk it's my unicorn. Exactly. Yeah. See you in, you know, two months time when I'm retired and this is, you know, but, but um, yeah, it was fucking difficult. Um, and 
you know, the industry was changing so much whilst we were building something to change the industry. So it was, um, yeah, it was a, definitely a, a, an interesting time. Um, and I'm, I'm so, so glad that I persisted with it because there's been so many moments where it's been so, so challenging and so overwhelming and so difficult. But um, seeing how people adapt and use the platform now and and that we do have, I'm so lucky that we have on both sides of our marketplace, people who do get in touch and just say, hey, you know, I want to thank you for what you've built. Like it's fundamentally changed how I work or, you know, it's allowed me to get these opportunities I never, ever would have got before. Mm. Or it's completely streamlined our business. So, you know, and I'm so grateful for that because people don't know, you know, they, they're sending them when I've got like, I've had that one of those days where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then you get one of those notes and you're like, okay, I'm going to keep going. So, well, that's like the same idea as if you get any feedback, what do they say? You scroll past the 50 saying you're amazing and you look at the one, like I have have someone who gave me a one star review and I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, at least give me good feedback. Hey. Yeah. And like, you just bypass all the five stars, all the the amazing. Totally. Totally. And you're like heartbreaking. Totally. Oh my God. And people don't realize, I think that we take that so personally, like, the number of times I go, yeah, we read back and you read back and you're like, what, what did I do? How could I have improved that? What did I do better? You know, they're just, yeah. Yeah. Um, because you did jump from one industry to the other and I know you've mm-hmm. spoken about there aren't a lot of women in tech. Did you see any barriers being a woman jumping straight into a field you had no idea about? Um, yes, it was really hard to find because you don't know what you don't know, right, as well. That was a really challenging thing. I didn't really know what I needed to even look for. I feel like most of- successful businesses start like that. Like yeah. everyone says, if I had have known, yeah. I'm not sure if I would have started, but I was so knee deep in it that I yeah. had to keep going. Going, exactly, exactly. Um, it was hard. Um, there wasn't really any sort of female mentors or champions that I could look up to um, mm. or have around me. Thankfully, I think in my sort of peer group now, there's some amazing, amazing women um, like Jane Liu and Jen George and Julie Stavania. Like there's some amazing women. We sort of all started at the same time and we're going through this like, okay, wow, maybe we can make this something together. And um, so it's amazing having women like that around now and Mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, educating another generation coming after us that this is something that they can do um but yeah it was it was um there was definitely moments where you could tell I would walk into a room and I could tell that people were deliberately making or trying to make a particular problem I was trying to solve more difficult um really? and, and making it uh yeah making it intimidating and and trying to make this whole process seem you know terribly convoluted and oh like and, don't bother Exactly. Like you'll never understand this highly complex tech world, you know, go back to what you were doing before or whatever. Mm. Um, And it really took a few fundamental people to stop and even down to, you know, explaining things like SEO and go. Well, I've learned a lot of tech (laughs) language. When in my research of you, I was like, uh, instead of just like go, hearing you say it, I thought, well, what is she talking about? Yeah, oh, there you go. So yeah, yeah it's amazing. Google's that, always helpful. That there's all of these people who you know try and make things so so complicated. Oh, you need to hire an agency to do all of these complex things, and mm. you know, and then it takes one person to have a really simple conversation with you and go, actually, no, here's how a tech stack works. Here's what front end, back end, system market, you know, and you go, thank you. That was I didn't need to have all of these people trying to make this incredibly challenging and. Um, and scary and overwhelming for me when. But um, that's like sometimes people like to seem like they're such they're so intelligent as yes. opposed to like oh hey here's what I know here's what will make your life a whole lot easier, easier. along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah. um yeah tech is unfortunately one of those ones that's just riddled with all of these acronyms and words and 
Um, I think where people just go, oh, that's really scary and intimidating. I'm I'm not going to do that as a business because it's, yeah, I'll, I'll never be able to understand that. I'm, I'll never be good at it. Or I, I don't code. I'm not a developer. How do I have any right to have a business in that field? Um, yeah, I find that uh, people don't actually take three steps to trying to figure out a problem. Like I have learnt along the way before I ask a question, Let's see what Google tells me first. Can I just say, it is so funny that you say that because I was literally driving here and someone had emailed me asking, like, will you be my mentor? And I was like, some of the, firstly, I mean, props to some, you know, someone for reaching out, but I've never met you. So I I don't know if we would have, I don't think that's how mentorship works. Like it needs to be sort of a, a natural synergy of someone that you've met and worked through or whatever. But secondly, all of the the things that this person was asking for help with were things that you could easily solve on Google. And I'm, of course, I'm more than happy to help someone who's like, hey, I'm trying to unlock this particular problem or, you know, I really admire what you did here and I'd love introductions to these people or whatever. Absolutely. You know, but if your question is like, I don't, you know, something that's, you know, should I pick this or this, you know, Google, please, before you come to someone and and ask for their help because it, you know, that's what I think stops people from wanting to help people more broadly. And, um, yeah, and there's so much amazing public information these days. There's amazing online free courses. There's, you know, um, open universities and um, places like Academy XI and General Assembly that offer amazing courses for, like, 50 bucks, you know, where you can go and learn so much. that It's like when I tell my wife, I can't find it. She's like, have you looked? (laughs) (laughs) So true. I was like, yes. Um, (laughs) Do you feel... uh, so I'm a big believer in Carol Dweck's, her book, Mindset. Have you read it? I haven't read it. Okay. So one of her big things is that, like we're saying, I don't know how to do it. I can't ever do it. She always thinks, tack on the word yet towards the end of it and you can get there along Love the way. That. Yeah. However, do you feel like you had any inherent skills which were a bit more natural to you that did help you along this journey? I guess probably um, – networking and relationship building and I think that's probably um because you're friendly is that what you mean or yeah and I think um I I'm not afraid to reach out to people and ask for help or or um instigate a conversation um which I don't know whether that's just something that developed over time and being put in different, you know, I guess growing up overseas and being put in different situations that weren't necessarily comfortable and changing schools a lot and moving a lot. Um, I don't know whether that sort of fundamentally shaped that, but I think that probably um, has definitely helped in business. I think um, it was probably a natural skill that I had that um, has certainly helped in getting great people around me, um, which I think is such a huge, important part of building business. Um, so I think, yeah, that, and I think probably just, um, natural things like I suppose being very gritty and very tenacious. And, um, I think they're fundamental, important things. Um, if you're going to be successful or if you're going to be an entrepreneur or going to be a founder, um, you know, being able to, um, unite people and resources to solve a problem um i think is is something that i've always naturally been um good at so Mm. i think um that's probably something that definitely set me up for success but then that was coupled with all of the things that i'm not great at um and i think this business more so than my first has certainly taught me all of the things that i'm not 
good at, um, and which has been an incredibly, I was having a talk with one of our, um, one of my team members yesterday and he has been so incredible at helping me identify, um, shortcomings that I had in, and not in a bad way, not like you're terrible at this, but, um, but really helping me become so much more self-aware, um, and working through particular, um, things that I had that were, were, um, shortcomings or shortfalls or that I needed to work on and and then helping me get better at them. And it was it's such an amazing journey to go on in the last sort of two years and work through those things. In the greatest mural. Totally, totally. Like it's really been like a, an incredible journey for that, you know, alone. Mm. So um, I have so many more questions, but we've had such a <laughs> great interview so far. So I did want to ask you, before I ask you my final question, where can everyone find you? Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Taryn Williams. Um, Instagram, it's just at Taryn Williams. Um, both of my companies are just their company names, so easy to find. Um, or you can email me. It's just Taryn at the right dot fit. I have to say, I always love that you add that. So many people don't want you to know their personal emails. Uh, and I always, like, I mean, you always have your yeah. inbox to zero. Yeah. But I love that you always tell people, like, here's how to find me. Here's how to find me. More yeah. than happy for you to reach out. Get in touch. Yeah, reach out. Yeah. Okay. So my <laughs> final question that I like to ask everyone, you're standing in front of a room of 10,000 women and you're able to offer one piece of advice. What would you say? Don't wait for the perfect moment. I think women are so guilty of always waiting for the perfect moment. Like your kids are going to be the right age or you're going to have enough money in the bank or you're going to um, have all of the resources around you or you're going to have all of the skills and all of the knowledge. There's never going to be a perfect moment. So whether that is to – although I did say say this to someone once and then they're like, so I went and quit my job and I was like, maybe don't make all of these bolsy decisions based on my one piece of advice. But there's never going to be a perfect moment to whether it is, you know – to start a new relationship or leave a relationship or, you know, start your new business or leave your job or whatever it is, there's never going to be that perfect time. And I think I would rather die knowing. I would rather die knowing that I've given it a shot and gone out there and gone all in and whether it works or it doesn't. Um, so I think stop waiting for that perfect pivotal moment um, and just give something a shot. I think that's the perfect piece of advice to end on. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today, thank Darren. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That was amazing. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Modern Women. You can listen to all of our episodes over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. If you're not already subscribed, please do click that subscribe button now so you don't miss any episodes that come out each week. If you enjoyed this podcast or you took something away from it, taking two minutes to leave a five-star review or post a story review on Instagram and tag me in it so that we can continue to share these incredible stories with more women who need to hear this message. Original music by Chunky Love and produced by Podpaste. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 